0: Hi there, fellow meat suits. I'm Benjamin.
1: And I'm Melissa. And welcome to a brand new episode of Truly Madly Creepy. And first of all, I'd like to issue a formal apology to Blake because you couldn't really hear his wrapping paper, so it wasn't that loud. And when I said he interjected, it's because he did, but I ended up deleting it, so I just made him sound like a jerk or something. So yeah, there's my issue, my apology issued to Blake.
0: He's not a jerk. You're not a jerk. I love you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right
0: (laughs) so um i have been studying the murders of jimmy patrick dean fino chiaro i'm so sorry mark sturgis and thomas Mio. and let me tell you i hadn't heard about this case before but it was really interesting and it was heart-wrenching in all sorts of ways so i want to start with the victims and then i'm gonna go into from there i'll go into like the The murderers and um, their own, their lives and stuff. Sure. So our first victim, his name was Jimmy Tarot Patrick. He was 19 years old and he lived in Newtown, uh, which is in Pennsylvania, with his grandparents Rich and Sharon Patrick. And I couldn't find a whole lot about this, but I did read somewhere that his mother, Karen, uh, had some mental illness herself. And I believe that's why he lived with his grandparents his whole life. Makes sense. He attended the Holy Ghost Preparatory High School in bensalem which is also in Pennsylvania. Everything in this is in Pennsylvania, I believe. Um, and he also completed his freshman year at Loyola University in Maryland. So there I go right away contradicting what I just said.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and everything's in Pennsylvania, <laughs> except this.
0: <laughs> he was at Loyola University. Loy- excuse me, Loyola University on a full scholarship, and he was a business major. Uh, he had a girlfriend, and um, there was, like, a, she posted a really touching Instagram post after he passed, and it was really beautiful. But anyways, she, she was a super pretty girl. They looked really cute together. It was the whole thing. Did you cry? I did, yes. I cried several times while researching this particular person. So he uh, attended church in town there, and the monsignor, his name was Michael Picard, and he said, quote, I baptized Jimmy as a baby, so I've known him as well. A really great kid. Jimmy was very, very shy and very polite and just a well-behaved young man.
1: Um, what's a Monsieur? A monsignor?
0: It's like a monsignor. Catholic, um, <laughs> like Monsignor, the, whatever. I believe it's a priest. It's, it's like oh. the priest in charge of, A certain church, I think.
1: Okay. Institution. Makes 100% sense.
0: Yeah. So this brings us to Wednesday, July 5th, 2017. Uh, uh, At which time he said goodbye to Sharon, who's his grandmother. And she... This is just a little touching exchange. It was her last, you know, exchange with him.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, She asked him if he was waiting for a kiss goodbye. And then she got up from the kitchen table, she gave him a kiss... She said, "I love you." He said, "I love you too." And they gave each other hugs. And then she told him to come home early, and he said that he would. So that That's was her last time sad. talking. Sad. Yeah, makes me makes me sad. Uh, so he knew Cosmo DeNardo for a long time, uh, and Cosmo actually taught him how to make money selling sneakers like years before this, like when they were in middle school. Uh, he would, Cosmo would go to the store, he'd buy shoes, and then he'd like go online and turn around and sell them for more money. So he taught this guy yeah, how to do that. He told his grandparents that he was going out to get food. I don't know if that was the actual plan or if he already knew he was going to meet this guy or not, but um, he ended up going to uh, Cosmo's farm because Cosmo offered to sell him marijuana. And in the... Source material, I read something like 8,000 pounds of marijuana, which.
1: That sounds like a hefty amount.
0: Yeah. Uh, And I read that in a few places, so I don't really. Like, I thought that seemed a lot, (laughs) but I don't know. I don't know anything about anything. Uh, But it does. This boy um, sold marijuana himself, uh, just to show that he, you know, he wasn't squeaky clean himself. He yeah. was kicked out of high school. Um, there were pictures on his phone of of guns and drugs, and even apparently a video of him snorting some white substance.
1: Was which, it cocaine?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I would assume. It just said a white substance in no. the thing, so I was like, I mean, I'm assuming that's what it is. But uh, so he was shot in the head uh, by a 22 caliber rifle. And then he was buried by backhoe. Backhoe. I can't talk. I'm sorry. So, moving on from him for a second, we have our second victim. His name is Dean Finocchiaro, uh, who was 19 years old as well. And his parents were Anthony and Bonnie Finocchiaro. He lived with them in Middletown Township. He graduated from Neshamini High School, and he worked at the Longhorn ice cream shop. It was said, uh, one of his co-workers said that he had a smile that felt like you were getting a warm hug. He was always friendly, he would do anything for anyone. But this one also wasn't completely squeaky clean, which to be clear, I'm not saying that these victims are doing anything wrong. I'm just going through what they did. So he had two pending criminal cases. for possession of drug paraphernalia, simple assault, which maybe I'm dumb, but I don't know what simple assault is. Do you know what simple assault is?
1: Maybe, like, I don't know. I, I It's probably different in every state because I don't think we have that here. Okay, that would make sense. Maybe like a slap on the face. Uh, maybe. Punch here or there. I, it can't be much.
0: Right, otherwise, yeah.
1: Did it, did it say if it was, like, a petty misdemeanor, a misdemeanor, or felony? I
0: don't believe it did. It just oh. said they were pending criminal cases at oh. the time of his death. Yeah. So. Um, also, conspiracy and harassment. Uh, he was known to sell and buy drugs, and he was um, depressed at one point. He was an outpatient, at a clinic for it. Uh, the last time he was seen was at 6.30 p.m. on Friday, July seventh, two 2017. And just an interesting little side note, he shared interest with Cosmo DiNardo. Um, He shared an interest in ATVs. Like, they liked riding ATVs. Sure. And he was also shot in the head, which brings us to Mark Sturgis. Mark was 22 years old, and his father is Mark Potash. I hope I said that right. Uh, and his stepmother is Roseanne. They lived in Pittsburgh, he had three sisters and one brother. And he was the victim that was furthest away from the farm. Like, lived furthest away. Also, he was the oldest victim. Uh, he played guitar. He was an athlete. And really intelligent. And apparently he was a good worker. He worked for his dad. Um, his dad owned, like, a construction company. and He worked on it. Sure. He was described as being a teddy bear. And he really liked to uh, clown around like Jack Black. He loved Jack Black, who was his favorite actor. Cute. Yeah, I thought so too. So on Friday, July 7th, around 6 p.m., he told his dad he was going to go meet up with his friend, Thomas Mio. Uh, Mio was his friend since childhood. And Mio actually worked with him at that construction company. And then at 2 a.m., his car was found... Uh, parked near Peddler's Village, which is like a shopping mall kind of place, uh, okay. near New Hope. He was also shot and killed. And Roseanne, his stepmother, she said, quote, Mark was by far one of the most beautiful souls I have ever met. Uh, she said she was going to spend her life, and well, she said that her husband would spend his life and her alongside him, uh, making sure that they get justice for Mark. Good. I agreed. Um, And she also said, quote, my son has lost a big brother. I lost a son and my husband will never be the same without him. So, I don't know. It touched me a lot because a lot of times step parents aren't super, like, close to their stepchildren and it sounds like she was. It sounds like she really loved him. So this brings us to Thomas Mio, which is actually, I don't want to say it's sadder than the other ones because it isn't, but it is... Just really unfortunate, because he didn't even know this guy. He was going because he was hanging out with his friend. That's that's all. Right. Happened. And so that's really sad. But anyways, he was 21 years old. His mother's name was Melissa Frantanguano Mio, and they lived together in Plumstead. Uh, now, Thomas was diabetic. He wouldn't go anywhere without his insulin pump and his glucose meter. Yeah. So try to remember that, because it comes up in a second, sort of. He was also known to sell marijuana.
1: We all did at one point. Yeah.
0: I mean, I did not, but...
1: All of us cool people did at one point. (laughs) anyone who was cool.
0: (laughs) Uh, He worked in a construction company, I believe I already mentioned that, uh, where he was... He worked with his friend, Mark, in his dad's company. Also, previously he had worked in an auto shop. And... That particular night, he accompanied his friend, Mark Sturgis, to meet Cosmo Donardo to buy marijuana. He was last seen on Friday, July 7th, 2017. Now, this death is a little bit rougher than the other ones. The other ones were shot in the head, and that was that. He was shot and paralyzed, and he was left screaming on the ground, but they didn't have any more ammo, so Cosmo... Uh, jumped onto a backhoe nearby and rolled over him, crushing him to death.
1: Oh, Yeah. Oh, that's fucked. Yeah,
0: very. His car was found in a rundown garage that was owned by the Donardo family. Uh, so, like, it was... One source said it was on the edge of that farm. Another source said it was on another property that they owned, like, right next door. Sure. So it's, like, right there.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, his insulin pump and his glucose meter was, were still inside the car which gave investigators pause because uh, his parents and family said he would not have left it there. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, Also, Cosmo's kind of a moron. Uh, He tried to sell the car the next day. What? Because that's smart. Yeah.
1: He tried to sell Thomas's car? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so he got arrested. His bail was set at $5 million because he was trying to sell a stolen car.
1: Kids just... Wow. Yeah. Was that before they knew... He did, was a part of the murders? Yeah, yeah. And it was set at $5 million for stealing a car?
0: Yeah, well, I think.
1: He must have a rap sheet.
0: Yeah, he definitely had some stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, We'll get to that in a minute. So, the police found Mio's car, first of all. This is, we're getting into how they got caught and found and all of that. So, they found Mio's car. Again, they saw the insulin and, and. all of that stuff in there, and they were like, that's a little suspicious. Uh, His car was on the property, um, and so he interviewed... He, yes. One police officer, uh, they interviewed Cosmo DeNardo, the son of the people who own the land. Uh, He told them that he had picked up Dean Finocchiaro on Friday around 7 p.m., uh, and he allegedly, though, made Dean get out of his car because Dean asked him to go with to a big Coke deal, quote, unquote. Um, I don't believe that that happened at all. Oh, really? No, I don't think so. Um, Like, I think he, just like with the rest of them, he lured him there.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: To sell him weed and then, yeah. And then he said that he went fishing after he got him out of his car. He went fishing near Washington Crossing and Morrisville until dusk. So that was his alibi. It's kind of interesting. Uh, the police go to check up on the alibi, see what they can do, and it's kind of interesting. There's this technology, the ALPR, uh, which is like cameras on police cruisers, which probably much more common now, but in yeah. 2016 it was new. Um, or I'm sorry, 2017. But it, it records like license plates, so that in the event of a missing person, you can try to find them through that, or...
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Or, like, yeah. Um, all sorts of stuff. And it records these license plates right, and it's right on police cruisers. A lucky break, really, that this police cruiser just happened to be sitting where it was. And he happened to drive by at 7.49pm near Peddler's Village. Uh, they verified that it was Cosmo DeNardo's truck. And immediately behind him was Thomas Mio's car. So... Not only do they see that his alibi was bullshit, but they see that one of the victims was following him right, right. away. Right away. <laughs> so on Monday, July 10th, 2017, uh, they execute a search warrant of the DiNardo property. And it takes a week to search it. Uh, but on Thursday, July 13th, Cosmo DiNardo confessed to killing the four missing men. Now, Finocchiaro, Sturgis, and Mio were all found buried 12 feet deep there in an oil tank that was converted to a pig roaster. Oh. Um, and what? they were doused in gas and lit on fire before they buried them. Ugh. But, so this is a little interesting. They couldn't find Patrick's body uh, because, you know, he was killed a few days earlier. Yeah. Um, and the, this this farm, I think it was like 80 acres, like it was huge. Yeah. So they couldn't find him. They may have never found him. Uh, But they cut a deal with DeNardo to take the death penalty off the table if he would help them locate that body. And he did. I don't
1: know. I don't get what's the point of holding on to that information. I mean, I guess to get a better deal, but like...
0: I mean, yeah, but like...
1: That's rude. I mean, obviously so is killing people, but...
0: (laughs) Yeah, but like, it's like...
1: You already did so much damage. Why hold on to yeah that information
0: right and then like the ones who like never give it up until like until they die yeah like in the deathbed confessions there's no answers even like it's it's disgusting why like you
1: already are gonna be fucked for it
0: i know it's like you're you're going to prison what what do you have to lose by giving it away
1: yeah
0: so anyways uh cosmo denardo like I said, he lured these foremen to his family farm uh, under the guise of selling the marijuana. Uh, he killed Patrick, Sturgis, and Mio, but his cousin comes into play. His name's Sean Kratz, and he's the one who shot and killed Finocchiaro. So we'll talk about him a little bit. Sean Kratz was 20 years old at the time. His mother was Vanessa Amodi, I think I said that right, and... Vanessa was first cousins with Antonio, his father. His, I'm sorry, not his father. Um, Cosmo's father. Mm-hmm. So that makes yeah. him and Cosmo second cousins. Right. Um, they hadn't seen each other in years, uh, but Vanessa reached out to Sandra asking if it would be okay for the boys to meet because she thought her son could use a friend. And Sandra, that's um, Cosmo's mother. Yeah. She also thought that he needed a friend, which... We'll see why a little later on, but basically he he, he has no friends at the time.
1: Cosmo when this
0: happened, yeah. Oh, um, he ruined all his friendships. It's it's hard not to have a little sympathy because it's kind of sad. But so anyway, she thought her son needed a friend. Right. He found that friend in his second cousin, unfortunately. Uh, so Sandra was unaware of of uh Sean's past, but basically Sean was from Philadelphia. Uh, he was investigated there for a shooting, uh, an attempted murder that left a man in a wheelchair. Huh. Um, he was also in an unsolved drive-by shooting uh, where he was shot 19 times, which I read that and uh, I, maybe I'm stupid again, but how do you get shot, t- shot 19 times and survive? I just... I I don't understand.
1: Ask 50 Cent.
0: (laughs) I I guess. 50 Cent. I'm sure you're listening. Will you please tell me? Send me a Gmail. (laughs) Um, But that uh, drive-by was believed to be a retaliatory thing.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I think that's usually how drive-bys work.
0: Yeah. Uh, Now, Sean also threatened to kill his brother and his sister. I believe he told his brother he would shoot him in the head or blow his brains out, or something ridiculous like that. Like, this guy's got some issues.
1: So he's needed help for a long time before this happened.
0: Um, After he threatened to kill his brother and sister, he was involuntarily committed uh, for violent tendencies and threats in a mental hospital. So, going back to Sandra DiNardo, she wrote to Vanessa, quote, we just need to make sure they don't get in trouble together, because Cosmo has no more sense of fear or of or what's right or wrong. That quote kind of hurts my heart a little bit because it's like she she knew. and
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> now let's get into Cosmo. He was 20 years old also. Again, his parents were Antonio and Sandra Di Nardo. Uh, they lived in Ben Salon, mainly. They had like a, they were wealthy. Um, so they had like a house that was, I think it was four bedrooms and three bathrooms or something like that.
1: That's nice.
0: Yeah. Uh, They had a house in Bensalem, and then they had this farm that they bought in 2005 in New Hope. And they bought that essentially for, like, family vacations, trips to go hunting, ATV riding, stuff like that. And the reason they're wealthy is that uh, Antonio and Sandra owned a concrete and construction company that was doing really well. Okay. So they built it from the ground up. Um, Cosmo worked for that company, or worked with them. He was always giving them a helping hand. He was named Cosmo uh, because that was Antonio's father's name. He also had three other siblings. I couldn't find their names anywhere. I couldn't find a lot of background about a lot of these people, and I thought that was strange. But, I mean, I guess the victims... It's,
1: yeah, and if it's not that well known of a case, yeah, yeah, people aren't fishing for information, so it's not being post like putting articles and whatever. That's true.
0: Um, his parents said that he was a model son. He had straight A's in school. He was very dependable. He worked hard in the family business, uh, and he wanted to become an orthodontist. And he won a scholarship to go to Arcadia University.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: so it's. It's interesting because it's just interesting. Other people, like neighbors and people around them would say that they knew Cosmo had anger issues, but it was kind of like, you know, people with anger issues it's not all the time that they're angry. They, they're good and then they'll just kind of blow up.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, they said he was always polite. Always helped anyone with whatever they needed help with. Like if it snowed, he would go out and plow their driveway for them, or, like, pick up the groceries and bring them in for someone, or whatever. He was very helpful. He always offered a hello to his neighbors or whoever he saw, he, you know, friendly wave and stuff.
1: Yeah. Whenever it's, I hear things like that, though, I'm always like, what What wrong? What yeah, happened? I know.
0: Uh, we're going to get to it. We, we find out. Oh, okay. Sort of. Um, I mean, like, not exactly, but kind of. Uh, okay. So... First of all, in junior high school, he played football. I think it said it was, that he was the captain of his team, um, but that had to be that had to end because he suffered several concussions and he had a nick a nick. Yes, he had a neck injury. He had a neck <laughs> injury. Um, <coughs> so that's sad for the child that was him. Right. In two thousand and fifteen, this is interesting and ironic, I guess. Uh, he was appointed to serve on Bensalem's anti drug and alcohol task force. All so, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then in 2016, he was reappointed. So he got it again.
1: That's. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Better be. Um, Anyways. Oh, hold on. Let me finish my sentence. You interrupted. My apologies. That's very interesting. That's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> <laughs> <Is that it>? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just thinking it's it's always like like the dare program and the whatever the fuck that was task force the, yeah, against the drugs anti drug
0: and alcohol task
1: force yeah turning teenagers into drug superheroes yeah like that yeah. that really just kind of promotes drug use you a know, lot it, of the time yeah
0: it does like it's sad because that's how, not but... the intention. Of it obviously, but like I feel like that happened, they, they need to make a change or something for it. That I don't know, what, yeah, but
1: I mean, it all stems from the war on drugs and blah blah blah. And start there, yeah, and then maybe,
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe stuff can get better. Uh, so at some point, he uh, did some work in town there to rebuild a church, and he was actually given an award by the township for his work on that. So like again, he was a, he was a good good guy before, right? But then in 2015, he began to have issues. Uh, first of all, he broke up with his girlfriend. He wanted to be a Navy SEAL, but his plans to do that just didn't pan out. He did not complete his second semester at Arcadia University, um, probably because of the whole Navy SEAL thing and stuff. No. And then in the spring of that year, he was involved in an ATV accident. And this is where I think things started to really go south for him. Um, he was penned under the ATV for hours. Uh, and he suffered head injuries. It's always a head injury. It is. And he also got uh, several compound leg fractures. Uh, so he had a cast from his hip to his toe. Oh and my he was God. in a wheelchair for a while. After that.
1: Yeah, but
0: Yeah, so I think that that is really where things really started to get fucked. So then one month after that accident, he began to refuse to eat Sandra's cooking. Um, Sandra's his mother, if you remember. Yes. And the reason he said was that He believed she was a Russian spy that was trying to poison him. What? Uh Uh-huh. He was hallucinating. He was having all sorts of... All sorts of... He was having a time.
1: Well, I mean, with a brain injury.
0: Right, right. He was also convinced that his cast had a bug in it. Like like a bug, like Mm. a spy bug. Oh. And then he became physically aggressive at this point. So as an example, and also the first, you'll see. In July, Sandra is bringing Cosmo to admit himself into a mental hospital. And they get into an argument about a cell phone. I didn't see the specifics, but you know.
1: Is is the mental health hospital really where somebody should go with that? I, I get that it's like, mentally something's wrong, but... I feel like in that type of situation, you should see, like, a neurologist. Yeah, maybe. Like, I don't know if they can even do anything. I have no idea. Yeah. I understand bringing somebody to a mental health unit because of that. Right. But I wonder if people were to bring people like that to a neurologist, could they figure out something?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I I hadn't even thought of that. Um, but so they got into a fight about the cell phone. I assume it was you know something small and stupid because she was his mom and he was a young girl person. Yeah, you know, we all have been there. But uh, as she was driving, he severely bit her arm. What? Because that's what you do when you're fighting uh, your mother or about something. And then he proceeded to jump out of her car, and he's now on crutches at this point. And he tried to jump into another woman's car, and he was screaming about how he had been kidnapped. And so he was escaping his kidnapper. So you can really see his mental state is really going downhill. Yeah,
1: it's Um, not good. Yeah.
0: He was apprehended, and he was brought to that mental hospital where he was supposed to go anyways in handcuffs instead.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh
0: In total, he was institutionalized three times. This was the first of those three times for mental illness. And movement, so an article that I read said movement from hospital to hospital made him more aggressive and dangerous each time. But it made it sound like he moved more than just the three times. So I'm wondering if it means like he was institutionalized three separate occasions, but not necessarily just three places. You know what I mean? Like
1: Yeah, like transferred from one...
0: Yeah, that's what I'm assuming it means. uh, Because it did say that he got more aggressive and dangerous each time he moved. Um, The first time he went to... At at that first hospital, he threw a wheelchair at one of the technicians. Oh my god. He also struck a nurse several times. uh, Which then caused him to be put in restraints. Yeah. So then in October... He went back to his alma mater, Holy Ghost Prep. Um, just as a side note, he went to Holy Ghost Prep. Jimmy Patrick, our first victim, also went to Holy Ghost Prep. Uh, they were one year apart. Okay. So Cosmo graduated a year before Jimmy. Okay. Um, but he goes back to Holy Ghost Prep during an open house. Uh, and he was disorderly and banned from campus after that. So, it didn't give details as to what exactly happened, but he wasn't allowed there anymore. And then the following month in November, he had some verbal altercations at Arcadia University, which is where he's currently or where he was going before he dropped out. Um, And that made him be banned from that campus as well. And it was at this time that he started to see a psychiatrist named Christian Kohler and his specialty was evaluating and treating um, young people with initial onset of mental illness. So on the first visit, Kohler wrote that, excuse me, that Cosmo hunted after his dad with an AR-15, but then decided not to kill him.
1: Well, yeah, that's terrifying.
0: Very. Um, And the, the reason that it comes out that he's doing that he has a problem with his dad is that his father was having an affair and Cosmo was upset about it. Oh. But still, I mean, talk it out, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't have to <clears throat> hunt your dad with a literal hunting assault rifle. Yeah. Um, so then in December, he got into a fight with his dad. Like, in his dad's truck, he beat him up. And then he proceeded to turn and go after his mom and try to physically beat her. Oh, no. And so Antonio hit him over the head with a brick, which...
1: Is Antonio the dad? Yeah. Okay.
0: Which is sad, but, like, I mean, you had to stop him. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, he was committed for the third and final time. Uh, The doctors said that he had plans in which he wanted to commit suicide during this hospitalization. And allegedly, he also had thoughts of homicide while he was there. He told the doctors that if he had a gun, he would kill them all.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. So, in the end, Sandra tried 10, at least 10 different psychiatrists and psychologists, um, and at least eight different hospitals and mental health clinics to try to help him. And she couldn't figure out how to help him. Um, but the cul-de-sac where their house in Bensalem was actually has a, le- a local legend that it's on top of an Indian burial ground. And so she even went so far as to ask a local priest to bless her house for her. Hoping, you know, that if the. Yeah,
1: if the, that's yeah. interesting.
0: Yeah. So he came to do it. Um, he felt something terrible by the fireplace in the basement, apparently. And then he proceeded through the rooms, doing his cross sign through all the rooms and whatever he had to do. Uh, and then he finally got to Sandra and Antonio's bedroom and he had an uneasy feeling, at which point he bolted outside and threw up on the lawn. Gross. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just an interesting tidbit, I guess. Um... And, obviously, it didn't fix anything, <laughs> so that's unfortunate.
1: Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, in February of 2016, he was diagnosed with a major depressive disorder. And then in 2017, in February, he was found in possession of a 20-gauge shotgun. Uh, this is a felony in Pennsylvania because he was previously involuntarily committed for mental oh.
1: health. Oh, okay. Um...
0: He was arraigned, but then never sent to jail, and the judge did dismiss the case due to faulty paperwork. And then in March of 2017, Cosmo was off his, meds for, off his meds for two days, um, and Dr. Kohler noted that he was worse when he was off those meds, but then strangely, by the time the next month rolled around, uh, his bipolar disorder that he was being treated for was apparently completely in remission. And his medications were lessened at that point. But... Yeah. So there's all sorts of things in this where I'm like...
1: Well, and even being diagnosed with bipolar disorder is a little weird. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and I didn't mention he had... Let's see, it was bipolar disorder, schizophrenia... And there was one other one that, oh God, and I meant to look up exactly what it was, but I can't remember. It was, it was similar, like looking to schizophrenia, but it wasn't exactly the same, you know?
1: Borderline personality disorder?
0: I don't think so. No, it was like, I mean, like the word was close. Like it looked like schizophrenia, but it was different.
1: I'm not saying he's showing any signs of borderline personality disorder, but people just used to call borderline personality disorder multiple personality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, I don't think schizophrenia is the right term to use anymore, either.
0: Oh, really? You know, you might be right.
1: But I don't know. Me neither. I'm not very good at
0: that, I guess.
1: (laughs) Schizophrenia... Is that the same as DID? I don't know. Excuse me, I'm pausing to Google. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, they're not the same. So, I think schizophrenia is still the proper term. But somebody please tell me if I'm wrong. Like, I can research all I want, but I don't have these, so I'm not familiar. And plus, the internet's telling me that they are different, but overlap. And that it's still schizophrenia. So, I just for some reason thought that that wasn't the proper term anymore. I'm
0: trying to think what I'm thinking about.
1: Anywho, sorry. Go That's on.
0: okay. <clears throat> I'd rather uh, go through that than...
1: Be wrong? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So now I'm going to go through a short timeline. So just pay attention to these dates. because I'm
1: always paying attention.
0: This is, this is bonkers to me. Um, so, on July 5th, 2017, as we already know, he lured and he murdered Jimmy, di, di, sorry, Jimmy Taro Patrick. Okay, we know that. Yes. The next day, on July 6th, wait, 2017.
1: Wait, wait, I wasn't paying attention. What's well, the first date?
0: July 5th.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Okay, so then July 6th, 2017, the next day, he had a doctor's appointment, or he had an appointment with Dr. Kohler, you know.
1: Mm-hmm, the doctor. psychiatrist.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, he was in the waiting room waiting for this doctor. First of all, it said that he hit on—I I can't remember if this was this visit or not, actually. But at one point, when he went to visit Doctor Kohler, that's just another insight into him. He like hit on the, the receptionist lady, and then like licked the glass partition between them.
1: Weird. From
0: top, from bottom to top, like mm-hmm. yeah. So, anyways, he's in the waiting room this time, July sixth. And he googled the soup maker cartel. If you don't know what the soup maker cartel is, it's a Mexican drug cartel who is known for making quote unquote soup out of uh, dead humans by dissolving their bodies in acid.
1: I, uh, ew, eh, Uh, first of all, but there's a whole, essentially a gang dedicated to doing this. Yeah. I know the cartel kills a lot of people. Right. And they gotta do something with the bodies, I guess. Yeah. That's but awful. Yeah, very. I I don't know. I, I know of the cartel. I know you can partially dissolve a body in some sort of acids mm-hmm. or chemicals, but to put the two together, I had never done that before. <laughs> yeah. Not a fan. It's, no, it's, it's that's That's fucked up.
0: Uh, so, that day, at that appointment, Kohler noted that DiNardo posed no clear risk to himself or to anyone else. What? He had no, yeah, he was fine. Uh, he was fully taken off of his medication. What?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. This Dr. Kohler, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to tell this person that, I mean, I don't know, I'm not an expert, but feels kind
1: of well yeah i mean you can definitely lie your way he could have right right cosmo could have been lying that's also
0: true yes but like how is he that mentally ill and then able to just switch it off like that like that's that makes me think he's not mentally ill you know what i mean like
1: to a point
0: right like I, i don't know so then the very next day so the very next day, July seventh, two thousand and seventeen, is when he lured Dean Finocciaro, Mark Sturgis, and Thomas Mio to the farm, and then he murdered them with the help of his cousin. So it's just crazy to me that he had this this appointment in in the middle of a murder, yeah, street, and he was deemed uh, that he he posed no risk; he was fine, and then taken off. That's
1: really interesting timing,
0: yeah. Right? So Sandra, his mother, says that she tried everything to save him. Everything to help with his mental illness. Um, she personally blames a lot of what happened on Dr. Kohler and on the failings of the mental health care system.
1: Oh, yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah, me too. Not necessarily just that doctor. The whole system yeah. is terrible.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, She has filed lawsuits against... Against him, against yeah. different institutions for it.
1: Do you um, know how those are going?
0: I do not know how those are going. Uh, but, I mean, this was in... 2000...
1: 2017 is when... He, it happened, but you probably didn't start any lawsuits till next year, 2019, so... Um,
0: they're probably sitting, is what they're probably doing right now. Yeah. Um. Also, several of the parents of the victims have also filed lawsuits, but they've done it against Sandra and Antonio ugh and the reason that i mean i can kind of understand where they're coming from sort of
1: yeah um, they oh, say yeah.
0: that Sandra and Antonio enabled him and the reason that they say that is that he was he used Sandra's gun um in the murders which and their argument is well if he's that mentally unwell why would you let him have access to your guns which but here's the thing she claims that that was the only gun left in the house and it was locked inside like a china cabinet yeah and what she says happens is that like or happens yes what she says happened was that particular day um Sean had come in and distracted her and then he went and you know got her gun out of the china cabinet she had no idea that it was even missing until after it was used in a murder that's what she says
1: yeah Like, she didn't just give it to him. Right,
0: right. They also say that they enabled them because he had access to a backhoe and a pig roaster, which... I mean, yeah, but, I mean, if they're on the farm, what are you going to do about it? Like...
1: Yeah, you don't expect that to be used for... Right. Murder.
0: Right. And it's like... I mean, I feel bad, because, I mean, these parents have lost everything. Yeah,
1: no, they don't know what to do, and I understand I right. would probably do the same thing. Yeah. But when you see both sides... Well, not see both sides, but when you're hearing both sides...
0: Well, I mean, you also have to think, Sandra and Antonio, as much as you don't want to think about it, they also lost their son.
1: Yeah, like, They no, they did. Yeah. They probably did at that ATV accident.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um... So it's just, it's, it's hard.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but at the trial, Cosmo Donardo said, quote, If there's anything I can do to take it... Excuse me, I said that wrong. If there's anything I could do to take it back, I would. I cannot come to terms with what occurred. I'm so sorry. Now, Judge Jeffrey Finley dismissed this. Uh, he said that was false and insincere, which apparently he said it, like, kind of dead-faced...
1: Yeah, just cold motion there. Yeah, no, because if he, I mean, he just killed people, yeah, cold blooded, like, killed people. So, I get it, like, he's clearly a fucked up human being. Yeah, he probably doesn't have remorse.
0: No, I don't think so. Um, but Cosmo did plead guilty and he was sentenced to life in prison with, I believe, without the possibility of parole. I think, yeah, um, now Sean has second cousin, was found guilty of first degree murder for Dean Finocciaro and then he got two counts of voluntary manslaughter for Mark Sturgis and Thomas Mio. So he was sentenced to life in prison for that first one and then 18 to 36 years for the other two. On top of that. Right. So, that's goodbye. (laughs) Farewell. Um, Kratz did try to say in his, uh, trial that DiNardo was the lunatic and that he was threatening him. Uh, but the assistant DA, Kate Kohler, another Kohler, interesting, Um, she rejected that. She said, you could have called for help. You could have even turned that gun on your cousin. You shot somebody in the head. like Yeah. You could have turned it on your cousin if he was threatening you.
1: Yeah, like he probably still, even being as fucked up as he was in the head, still had the sense of mind that what he was doing is wrong.
0: Yeah, right. Um, and it's important to note that at one point in time, Cosmo claimed on social media that he was a savage. Okay. Now, at the trial, Mark Potash, if you remember him, he was, um, I believe he was Mark Sturgess' father. Okay. I think. Um, he said, quote... You think you're Savage? You've lived your whole life protected. In prison, you'll meet Savage, and I promise you it won't look like you. And I just thought that was
1: great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, smack? Yep. Smacked him with some words.
0: And then this part kind of hurts me a little bit. Um, so at the trial afterwards, Sandra passed by the mothers of Dean Finocchiaro and Mark Sturgis, and she also passed the Jimmy Patrick's grandmother. And she started crying, but she managed to utter, I'm so sorry. And, uh, that just upsets me greatly. Um, Dean's mother said thank you. So that's nice that she's not, you know. Yeah. Because a lot of times victims' parents think that the murderer's parents are, like, evil or something. Yeah. Which, I mean, sometimes they've got a hand in it, but... Yeah. And then, uh, this part, I believe the... The mother thanked her part, but this next part I'm it just seems strange to me and maybe I just don't know what I'm talking about. But uh Jimmy's grandmother apparently didn't say anything, but she gave a wink and she gave her a thumbs up, which I think is odd considering the circumstances. That
1: is very weird. Yeah. Huh. <laughs>
0: yes, <laughs> that's interesting. So this case was interesting for me. Obviously, Donardo is not a good guy. I'm not trying to say he was, but um, because I want to be clear here. Four men are needlessly dead because of him and his cousin. But I think that there is something to say about the mental health care system having failed this man. Um, Should he be held responsible? Absolutely. I mean, again, he killed four young men. They had entire lives ahead of them. There was no good reason to do it, except that he was bored one day. It said that in the source material somewhere that... They were like, oh, what should we do today? Oh, let's just murder people.
1: Um, oh, that's so... And I just... I don't know. I'm... Yeah. He knew it was wrong. There's no way he didn't know right. it was wrong. Right, If he could still function no in society, you know it's wrong.
0: Yeah. Um, but, again, the system did fail him. That's definitely also true. So it's it's frustrating to think about because so much horror and sadness could have been avoided if his doctors had done better. And so much could have been avoided if he hadn't become the person who he became. So it's 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 difficult to think about because it's like on the one hand, yeah, he's an evil motherfucker, but on the other hand, he also had things against him. You know what I mean? Yeah. In either case, uh, that was the interesting case of the two. Th- I can't speak as usual of the July <laughs> two thousand and seventeen Pennsylvania murders. Remember their names: Jimmy Patrick, Dean Finocchiaro, Mark Sturgis, and Thomas Mio. They were taken too soon and for no good reason.
1: If you feel like checking out pictures on any cases we cover, head over and follow us on Instagram at trulymadlycreepy.pod.
0: You can send us an email at trulymadlycreepy.pod at gmail.com.
1: Or you can see our Facebook page at trulymadlycreepy, colon, a true crime podcast.
0: Or if you want, you can go give us a review on Apple Podcasts
1: not if you want you will do it and it will be 5 out of 5. We oh. got to
0: keep up our perfect uh.
1: Um my cousin boy. asked me cuz she listens and she asked me she's like um can I do a review that says um yeah Ben's an asshole but 5 out of 5 great job. <laughs> cuz that's what I said I was going to do. <laughs> she I asked if it. she can do that and I said please do. <laughs> yeah, and I have does. not heard back on if she did nor have I checked. So I need to, I need to know. Taylor, did you do that? (laughs) Because if you haven't, I'm disappointed. So thank you for listening and we will see you next week for another episode. Bye. Bye.